Welcome to the Like Dragons Did They Fight audio series with Life Changing Services. This is Karen Broadhead, and I'm here with David. I'm excited for you to meet David and hear his his goodness and and his heart. I'm excited. I just got to talk to him for a, for a minute before our interview, and and I'm just so excited to hear him share his uh, story. It's obvious that he's a good man. So I just wanted to tell you, David is involved with our Men in Moroni program, which is an addiction recovery group for men held online and in person. And David is actually one of the mentors, the trainers for uh, the Men in Moroni group. So David, just to get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are as a guy, like who are you, what, what do you like to do, and just a little bit about you as a man. Sure, sure. Um, first of all, I'm so glad that uh, I have this opportunity to talk about this. I am very passionate about the Minamoroni program, life-changing services in general, for what it's done for me and for my wife. So uh, as far as just who I am, uh, of course, Latter-day Saint, but I am also a classical musician. I write classical music and for orchestra and choir and even small ensembles like, you know, a piano trio, which is piano, violin, and cello and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm a vocalist as far as my instrument, and uh, I teach music at uh, a university in South Carolina. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. I have a wife and two children. My wife had an amazing life before she met me. She worked for Continental Airlines, and before I even met her, I had traveled to 20-something countries all over the world, working in the, in the downtown hub of the company. She was in corporate and just had a successful, successful career. Everybody loved her. And uh, when she met me, um, I still hadn't been through college, so she actually, uh, over the course of our marriage, quit her career so that she could uh, follow me to BYU, where I got my, my master's. And, and so she quit her career, and, and uh, when we adopted our two children, she just quit everything and just devoted her whole life to being a good mom and good wife. And our children uh, were adopted from the States, United States. They both have brown skin, so we're, we look a little different. And, uh, but we, we really notice. In fact, we rarely think about that until people bring it, bring it up or they, they say something or, you know, we have to go to uh, a particular part of the, the grocery store to buy a particular hair product that is nowhere else <laughs> to be found. So we realize, wow, this is, we have, you know, different cultures and different, you know, hair and different skin and that kind of stuff. But yeah, amazing kids. They're, they're only very young, uh, seven and eight right now. That's awesome. Well, that's what love will do to you. It'll make you turn and face a whole different direction. That's what love does, right? That's right. <laughs> So, Davis, tell us a little bit about oh, how you found life changing services. What what um, what brought you to life changing services and discovering uh, what what was offered here that could support 
you and your family, but um, even before that, tell us a little bit about your background and when you noticed that I have a pattern of behavior that doesn't serve me very well, and, and here's what I've tried. Okay. Well, uh, like most guys who were at my stage, uh, well, being in the Men of Moroni program, it goes without saying that I suffered from an addiction, mm-hmm. still suffer from an addiction to uh, lust, really, um, but, uh, you know, in the form of pornography or masturbation, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in a marriage, it's uh, very destructive. And so it came uh, to a point where after trying uh, the addiction recovery program that the church offers and not successfully entering recovery, it came to a point where my wife said, the next time I relapsed, uh, we would have to separate and split up and probably lead to a divorce. Mm. So we just started... uh, kind of desperately looking for anything, even outside of the church. You know, we're very wary about that. Yeah. Cautious about uh, looking outside of the church, you know, for so-called non-inspired <laughs> programs. <laughs> but it turns out that God is in so many other places besides the church. Mm-hmm. So we found together the life-changing services. It was recommended first in, in, uh, in an interview with my bishop, he just recommended I go check it out. And so then my wife and I were looking looking at it. Some interview with Maurice Harker just really spoke to us. My wife said he totally gets what's happening and recommended that I really look into it. And so I, I started reading the material that he, he wrote. I started reading Like Dragons Did They Fight and just loved it to death. I just finally learned what was happening, why it was happening, and how to keep it from happening ever again. But I still didn't join the Men of Moroni because I was so poor that I just didn't think I could. Well, at one point, we just decided, you know, if God has shown us this, we, we should try it and just go out on a leap of faith. And so I s- started paying for the program, and within uh, the uh, specified 84 days, I was already vested and have been vested ever since um, and now I'm leading a Minamaroni group on, uh, online. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about, sometimes uh, it's just good to hear. If I were someone listening to this interview, I would, I would want to know, well, it kind of just sounds like that was just a really quick and easy recovery for him. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I would, I would want to know, you know what, what do you get? What do you get? And what would you tell someone like me, like, uh, did your, did your, did you notice your addiction started before you got married? Did it start after you got married? How did that yeah. all come about? Yeah, it was something really strange. I don't even remember when it started. It started so early, before my my mind can even have memory. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in in kindergarten and fantasizing about my own teacher. I have no idea why that has been part of me, you know, for my whole life. Just don't know why. But it, ha- it has been a part of me. It's, it's, just, it's just something that uh, I believe it's just a weakness that we're all given on purpose so that we can then come to God and be strengthened and changed in His, you know, wise ways. Anyway, so it started from such a long time ago. And uh, I thought, you know, after my missionary 
experience, I had quit because I didn't act out uh, for the most part uh, on my mission. And so when, when I came home, I was like, great, I'm finally cured. But then it just came right back. Like, like I had never, like I'd never even gone on a mission, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, at that point, didn't realize I was an addict. I had no idea. I thought it's just a problem that I had. And so um, I would go to my bishop, you know, pretty promptly after, you know, uh, sinning in that way. And I'd confess and then I'd be good. You know, the spirit was back in my life. And, and so I got married in one of those periods of time between relapses, thinking that I had already fixed it, mm-hmm. you know. And my wife, uh, you know, I didn't. I should have told her, but I, I didn't, uh, that, that I'd ever seen pornography or had a problem with pornography and lust because I thought I fixed it. And apparently I didn't because shortly after uh, getting married, it just continued. I, I continued to act out in ways that were totally against my values, promises that I made to myself. Everything was contrary to what I told myself I, I would do. And so it, um, it just plagued our marriage for many years. I would, I wasn't hiding it from my wife, you know, like like uh, other men I've I've heard. Mm-hmm. I didn't keep it secret for years. Pretty soon after I would relapse, I would tell her, then I'd tell the bishop, and that could be good. You know, it's good to be honest quickly, but it's also bad because every one of those confessions to my wife would just gradually deteriorate her faith in men. Eventually, her faith in God, just everything became shaky. Our foundation for marriage was just cracked. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it took a lot of work, a lot of work to get out of that. Wow. Hey, um, did you think getting married would just make that go away? I never had that thought, but it would have made sense if someone if someone yeah. said that. It would have made sense, but I, I thought I had fixed it. So I didn't I didn't think I had a, a problem that would ever come back. I thought I'd just, yeah. you know, punch it down and be done with it. You know? Right, right. And so when you found the Men of Moroni program, tell me a little bit about the Men of Moroni program and why it had a lot of value to you and and what you liked about it, what would you say about it in a, in a nutshell? What would you say about Men Moroni? It taught me how to win my battles with Satan for the rest of my life. Mm. In 12-step recovery programs, we say, okay, one day at a time. All you can do is one day at a time. You know what? I can do the rest of my life because I know how he fights. And so I know how to defend myself. And now... Because of the program, I even know how to fight back and to injure his plans. And so for the rest of my life, I never have to be afraid that I might, I might go back, you know, like the dog to his vomit. I would, I'm not afraid of that anymore because I know all the ways that, he, that he's tried to get me. I now know all the ways to prevent those attacks from ever succeeding. And so... It totally rescued me. The thing about 12-step programs, they they teach you how, in great detail, how to repent. Mm. But they do not sufficiently teach you how to forsake the sin forever. Mm. 
And that's where the Manamoroni program comes in. I, with this program, never need to relapse again because I know how to win. Wow. So you, you, must have, you must have a great understanding, like you said, about how the adversary is attacking you and an understanding of how, just how to track your own chemistry. Yeah, I should I should uh, share what I tell new guys that uh, that are interested in the Minimum program. So you can't just start off by talking about the chemical scale. You can't start off by saying, okay, you need warrior chemistry or that kind of thing because those are vocabulary where you can't start talking about flagpoles. You have to explain in, in their current uh, you know vocabulary what's happening. So I, I say, have you ever been in a bad mood and I want you to notice when you're in a bad mood how willing you are to do good things. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're in a bad mood, of course, guys don't like to talk about feelings. We get confused when you talk feelings. So when you say mood, it makes sense. Right. When you're in a bad mood, you're actually less likely to choose the right. What that means is that your mood has stolen a part of your agency. Effectively, you have become a slave to your mood. Then I ask them, do you think Satan has not figured that out? He has found a way, especially with us, you know, who suffer from addiction to lust. He's found many ways to get the hormones that that affect a mood to flow into your bloodstream little by little, subtly, until he has robbed us of our agency with the flax and cords the Book of Mormon talks about, so so fine and imperceptible that we don't even know they're wrapped around us. And he, in those moods, can tug us anywhere he wants. So then I start uh, explaining to the guys how we, in the Men of Moroni program, learn how to train ourselves to perceive when there is a shift in our chemicals. The moment Satan tries to start a drip of hormones into our bloodstream is when we fight back. Because in the past, we know the moment before you click on what you shouldn't click is too late. You can't fight back at that point. Maybe you can, some people have, but most people cannot succeed. So when, when do you fight back? Are the prophets wrong when they say you need to sing a hymn, you need to quote a scripture? Are they, are they wrong? Of course not. They, they're correct, but the timing of when you fight is crucial. You must fight the moment Satan starts to get you out of that you know, perfect spirituality that we like to live in, you know, just after you read your scriptures, you come home from the temple, you know, that beautiful spirituality that you, you can enjoy in life. The moment he tries to get you out of that, you need to perceive that he's, that he's doing that and then fight back in that moment. And that is when singing a hymn, that is when quoting a ponderizer scripture actually works, mm-hmm. clears you of, of the, the deviant chemicals in your, and your blood fills you with the spirit and you can win your battles if you fight early. 
Awesome. Give me an example of what you do to fight early. Something. Okay. Yeah. Just, just the other day I was just driving along and I saw a, a truck uh, with a picture on the side of it. It wasn't even pornographic. It wasn't anything that would, that would, uh, you know, cue the, the lust to start uh, the lust chemicals to start flowing. However, it reminded me of something that I had once lusted after just the simple reminder. Right. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I, I, perceived that there was a small chemical change happening. And so instead of just continuing driving or, or just like, you know, trying to change my, my thoughts into something productive, instead of doing that, I first sang a hymn. In fact, one of my, my ways of, of fighting against these, these early level attacks is to memorize a hymn. So I would start singing a hymn that I've been mem- memorizing and that you know both fills me with the spirit it refocuses my brain activity so that i'm no longer thinking of that thing and the fact that i fight back even in that small way the fighting is demonstration of my faith and god cannot do the miracle until i show my faith so every time i drill a means of defense every time i I practice every time I respond to an attack with defense. That is my faith in action, and that cues the miracle, which I have enjoyed. I have been given a miracle. I'm no longer the person I used to be. My wife even says it's like living with a different person. Yeah, well, anybody that can understand how to manage their own good battles you know, and how that affects them is just outstanding. But the way it affects their family is also unbelievable. Exactly. So cool. So David, I think you pretty much pointed out why men of Moroni is an important addition to a recovery group. It's not something necessarily that would replace a recovery group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, Maybe I didn't mention this, but I am a facilitator at at one of the church's um, addiction recovery programs. It's not specific to lust or pornography, but um, I go there because that that was a crucial part of my recovery. It taught me how to repent thoroughly. It taught me how to, um, you know, step 12 is... To give back. That's why I'm a mentor in the Men of Moroni program. That's why I'm facilitating an addiction recovery mm-hmm. uh, program group. I'm giving back because I know the 12 steps are inspired of God. However, I don't think the one or the other is enough by itself. I've even asked this to, to Maurice, if, if he, and Luke, and, uh, and Alana, if they recommend that I encourage my guys to go also do the addiction recovery program. They said, totally. They, they do recommend the same. So yeah, yeah, they're, they go hand in hand. It's awesome. Well, I can hear the wire chemistry in your voice when you speak about things. Yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So tell me a little bit about what you, what kind of things would you advise another man? maybe that isn't ready for recovery 
or has tried recovery for years and is just, you know, thinking either nobody knows and I'm hiding it or there are people that know, but I'm just, it's too painful to to just face it and get through it. What would you Hmm. say to someone like that? Well, to the person that, that has been fighting for so long and, and uh, has never been able to, to succeed to any length of recovery, to that person, to that guy, specifically a man, I would uh, first relate with him because I did the same, um, and then remind him that uh, this is not a support group. Men of Moroni is, is a training program. And we don't leave our warriors with just have faith. We don't leave our warriors with just try harder. You know, we give them concrete tasks, uh, things that they can do, very, very tangible things that will, um, that will trigger the miracle. And uh, there's a guy, there's two Two guys, so that I can mention in in the Minamaroni program that that uh, have experienced this particular thing for so long, they've been unsuccessful. Then they come to this program. That the first time they they come, they're just really depressed and don't truly believe that it can happen. But they're just giving it a shot just in case, you know. And I remember telling uh, both of these guys at different different times, I see. I, I told them that I saw in them a captain in this fight, in this war. Mm-hmm. And I saw in their eyes that they, that it, that it sounded right to them. And of course they, they played it off like, oh, I don't think so. And I can, but when they were looking at me as I was speaking to them, cause this is an online video mm-hmm. thing. I saw that they did know that I was speaking truth. And it turns out that the first guy that I said that to, has now been vested in the program. He's one of the best examples of how to fight and win. Mm. He had like a streak of uh, consecutive goals up in the hundreds, you know, and uh, that's incredible. I have trouble getting to 50, you know? Um, So he's pretty amazing. Then the second guy, I just recently said that to him. He, He joined about a month ago. He was, He's, he's on his second wife and his first marriage just fell apart because of this. And his second marriage is about to fall apart because of this. And he, he was just hopeless, just completely hopeless and came to this program mad at God, just angry and just did not believe that this could, this could work. But I gave him some things that he could do. Um, and then week after week, he's come back and he's never, never, fallen since he has consecutive goals whereas before he could never hold any consistency with goals that he set in his life and now he's doing it and now just last week i asked him if if he believed that he could do this for the rest of his life he said yeah i do that's awesome that's awesome so david tell me how you how you've seen the hand of God in your family and in your life through all this? Well, naturally the hand of God is, is what brought the miracle to pass. Let's see, for me, it's uh, been, 
480 or something days since, since I last, uh, you know, looked at pornography or that kind of thing. So that is the hand of God for sure. I could never go more than a month without looking twice at a, at a woman, you know, to lust after her. And, uh, and so now I don't even do that. There's no double takes. There's no letting imaginations, you know, run wild. There's, it's all worthy priesthood holder behavior. And that is a miracle. Nothing but God could have changed me from what I was. And uh, I see that for sure in myself, but in my wife, I told you that she said, it's like um, she's living with a different person. She was the victim. Uh, of course I was a victim in, in, a, in a way, but she was the one that I was injuring every time I did that. And so she has post-traumatic stress, uh, stress disorder officially that's what she has. Um, all the symptoms are there. And so she has had to recover from terrible trauma that I caused. And the fact that she can say that she's happy again, that she feels close to me, that she even trusts me, is a miracle. Only God could have done that because we were so finished. That's so beautiful, so powerful. So to end our interview, David, uh, could you just answer Q1? And that is, why are you fighting and why don't you just give up? I'm fighting because I know that I can win. A warrior who knows the victory is his will fight like a dragon. A warrior who knows that God is his strength will fight like a dragon to win. So I know why I'm fighting. Victory is already mine. And I know that another reason I'm fighting is, is because I not only believe in God, but I, I love God in a way, you know, with my actions, I love God. And as I fight, it, uh, it strengthens that love. And the reason I fight is because I know every time I succeed, I grow closer to him. And that's what I'm here for. The whole earth was created for that purpose. And so I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting, of course, for my wife to, to be able to recover from, from the trauma that I, that I put on her. She couldn't, I don't think, she could not recover if she were still married to me and I was still doing that. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of up, up to her to recover, but it's also very much up to me to stop so that she can recover. You know, you can't recover from wounds if someone's still punching you in the face, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, David. Appreciate your warrior heart. Thank you for, thank you for being here. You're so welcome. So glad that you uh, invited me to, to do this. <laughs>